I'm Shiloh. (laughs) I'm Amelia. And this is Plead the Belly, a podcast about women and the crimes they commit. Because women are bad too. Is that our new tagline? I'm trying it out. I like it. It's not the worst. I can get behind it. Pleading the belly is a practice from early English common law where women could claim they were pregnant to avoid execution. This podcast contains explicit and disturbing content. Listener discretion is advised. Today, we'll be talking about Leona Helmsley, which is not Lena Hetty. Oh. Because their names look the same in, in type, but they don't sound the same. But I don't, like, yeah. say it out loud. I got confused for a minute. I'm like, what did she do? <laughs> wow, this woman did a lot. Yeah, but we're not talking about the Queen of Westeros. We're talking about the Queen of Mean, <laughs> a corrupt real estate tycoon. Amelia will set the stage by showing us her life leading up to her criminal doings. And Shiloh, that's me, I write my name out, will outline the crimes and the follow. But first, I have a shout out. And Amelia, do you want to do a Tonks update? I realize, Like just like how she's no. doing as a bunny? Yeah. Because <laughs> I realize we talked about... She doesn't care about the snow at all. Doesn't she? she? No, she's... I mean, she's unaffected by it. She well, doesn't. She has a nice, warm little place to live where exactly. you feed her. And yeah, I was realizing that when I'm looking at our statistics, I realize more people listen to this than I have friends, <laughs> which isn't a lot, but still. Um, so it's like people probably don't get the Tonks references. Oh, Tonks is. There's, pro- there's probably a lot of people who aren't our friends now listening oh, yeah. to this. Thanks, guys. Also, a lot of our friends still don't listen to this. You guys suck. All of you. Um. Tonks is my rabbit. She is a Holland lop and she has four pounds of fury and rage, basically. But I love her to death. She's super cute and adorable and mean. Uh, and she's our spokes bunny for the podcast because we thank her for not thumping when we do the podcast in my basement. Tonks is awesome. I've never seen not only a bunny, but an animal be so stubborn and. <laughs> She's very stu- She also, uh, we might have talked about this in previous episodes, but whenever we vacuum, so the vacuum is her sworn enemy. Mm-hmm. She hates the vacuum cleaner and she will attack it, which is not effective because again, she's four pounds. Um, but she likes to attack it and try to bite it, which is very humorous for the humans involved. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and we have promised merch yeah for tonks and we're i think we're going to follow through with this promise by the time this posts i think it'll be i it's gonna be live by the time this podcast goes up come hell or more snow (laughs) yeah more snow is hell i can't i just can't with the snow we're done you guys (laughs) rescue us please (laughs) podcast over this is too hard (laughs) okay so i do have a shout out and this is way overdue, but is this, like, my shining star Team Shiloh moment on Twitter? A shout-out to Chelsea, who also wrote on our News Notes blog. Aww. You should check it out. And she made a wonderful tweet that I love that says, Can we talk about how Amelia missed a perfect <laughs> music and lyrics reference? Amelia, I expected better of you. 
I just want to gloat for a second, and I also want to let Chelsea know that I don't remember what you're talking about. I was going to say, we talked about this, and I asked you what she meant, and you were like, I don't know, but this is about you. Man, I tried to go back. I do not remember what you're talking about, but I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Chelsea, you're my friend, and I think you need to stand up for me. All right. It's fine. So a couple announcements. Don't forget to check us out on pleadthebelly.com where you can find links to follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. Um, That's also where we will list our new merch link. And all of the thoughts I have while I'm riding the bus home. (laughs) Um, If you can't get enough PTB here on the podcast, make sure to check out the blog, The News Notes, where we write about more... Criminals who are women all the time. Forever. Every other week. Every other week. That's what we do. I think that's it. Cool. That's what we got. Okay. We're talking about Leona Helmsley today. She was born July 4th, 1920, which I would hate to have a birthday on a holiday. Um, And she was born in New York as Lena Mindy Rosenthal. Rosenthal? Rosenthal. Question mark? Lena Mindy Rosenthal. Uh, she changed her name several times. I didn't really find why, but I suspect it's because she is a social climber and wanted to have a good a name that sounded like impressive. She was married four times. Her first husband was an attorney named Leo, whom she divorced in 1952, and they had one son. She was married twice and divorced twice from her second husband who was a garment industry executive wait she married him twice yeah and then divorced him twice yeah okay and she so that counts as two of her marriages so she was only married to three men but she was married four times okay which i kind of i guess second chances um then in 1968 is when things start getting interesting. She was working as a condominium broker. She met and became involved with the then married real estate entrepreneur, Harry Helmsley. And he was probably a really big deal in the sixties. It sounds like he had a lot of power and influence. This is so outside of my area of knowledge that I don't know much about him outside of my notes, but he sounds like he was a big deal. Uh, So two years later, so they're not married. Two years later, they're involved, though, and she joins one of his brokerage firms, Brown, Harrison, Stevens, as a senior vice president. So she had a career. She was a real estate broker. She was doing pretty well, especially for a woman in in the 60s, it sounds like. Um, Then she gets involved with Harry, and basically he kind of skyrockets her career. So he helps her become the VP in one of his firms, but he also gets her out of some legal trouble. Mm. Um, So before she's married to him, several of her tenants had sued her for forcing them to buy condominiums, which is very interesting. As far as I could tell, I couldn't find a ton about this lawsuit. How do you force someone to buy something? I think she, I think it was like a series of false promises. Oh, sure. I think that's what it was. Like it was worded strangely, but I think that was the gist of it. Um, but they won. So she was forced to compensate the tenants and also give them three-year leases. Her real estate license was suspended, so she focused on running Harry's hotel empire. So in 1972, Harry divorced his wife to marry her, which I'm sure was a big scandal at the time. 
but it's like the least interesting thing she did. <laughs> um, so she's helping him run his hotel empire that was worth five to $10 billion at the time. And I found both, I found numbers between those two, which is why I'm not exactly sure how much it was worth, but it was worth five to $10 million in the 1970s. That's a lot. Like, this is impressive. Um, yeah, that's that's money. Yeah. So his real estate empire included hotels, apartment buildings, and commercial properties, including he actually managed the Empire State Building, which is not something I've ever thought about somebody managing, but that's cool. I mean, someone has to. Yeah. I just... You ever, like, when you, like, wonder, like, wow, who owns that? And then you're, like, someone owns, like, yeah. owns that. Like, someone owns... Yeah. It's bonk. That's it's... outside of our reality. Yes. This is almost like sci-fi when we're talking about this level of, quote, society. It mm-hmm. feels a little sci-fi to me. This is what we were discussing the fire Festival documentaries before that, and I felt the same way about those, where I was like, this is a very different life than the life I lead. <laughs> yes. And I lead a good life, but... Uh, I like my life, yeah. but... Owning the Empire, managing the Empire State Building, not something I'm ever going to do. I think it's safe to say it's not in my future. Nope. Even if this podcast makes it big, don't forget (laughs) to rate and review. Help us. All right. In 1980, she was made the president of the Hemsley Hotels. At the time, the chain ran around 30 hotels, ran 30 hotels around the country, and they were super fancy, like really nice. But... This is my favorite fact that I found. She became a household name because of the ads she made, Mm. which I think is really interesting. So the first ad showed her uh, proclaiming that she wouldn't settle for skimpy towels and couldn't get along without a phone in the bath. And so she asked, why should you? And I guess she was like in a towel in it. If we're talking, are we in the 80s yet? Yeah. Early 80s. Still in the 70s. Um, were, Were phones electric then? Could you get electrocuted in the bath if you were talking on the phone? I have no idea. I just, I read that when I was researching too, and I was just like, this doesn't feel safe. I mean, you still shouldn't keep your phone in the bath. I don't, I don't know. But I, I, I love that for a really long time, having a phone in a weird place meant you were rich. Sure. Like car phones and stuff. Toilet phones. Yeah. It's such an odd measure of wealth. (laughs) But, (laughs) so she appeared in all these ads that were all weird and stuff that, they were just, they sounded just strange. And she, obviously we'll post a picture of her on our blog. She's an intense looking woman. Like her face is not one I would put in ads because it is not a friendly face. She, when I look at her face, it reminds me of my sixth grade teacher who was like the kind of person where if it were still legal, she would have hit me with a ruler. <laughs> yeah. I think Helmsley would have hit you with a ruler. She found a way to do it with her words, though. I was still... (laughs) (laughs) Savage. Um, But her ads worked. The occupancy in the hotels increased from 25% to 70%. So her ads did something. People liked them. Uh, I mean, it's that fantasy of, like, be one of us. I don't have skimpy towels, just, like... The Empire State Building. Yeah. I have fluffy big towels. Now I'm rich. Uh, I guess I get it. Okay. If that was a thing I cared about, I suppose I would care. (laughs) I don't know. All right. (laughs) I'm with you. It's like I said, in our reality space, it's like sci-fi. Yeah. Like why that would even matter. 
so she, however, wasn't quite done with her condo dreams. So under her influence, Harry, her husband, began a program of conversion of the apartment buildings, of some of the apartment buildings he ran into condos. Um, then he decided to concentrate on the hotel industry, building a Hemsley Square, Hemsley Palace Hotel on Madison Avenue, which is Damn. a big deal. Yeah. Oh, my um, God. They built a New York real estate empire that included 230 Park Avenue, the Empire State Building, like I mentioned, and the Tudor City apartment complex on the east side. So basically, like, these are fancy names. These are, like, well-known buildings in Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, but none of this was on the up and up. So, spoiler alert, Leona Hemsley was convicted on cha- charges of tax evasion in 1989, and let's talk about what that looked like. Um, first of all, she was a terrible, awful human being, and I have a little bit about, like, her persona and just kind of how um, she was came off to her employees and other people she worked with. Her nickname is The Queen of Mean, and I think that's, like... Kind of awesome, but also not enough. Like, there's yeah. not a word for how horrible she was to people. Well, because it came from her commercials, right? She oh. called herself the queen of something else. Oh, so it's like... Do you a have pl- that? No. Okay. <laughs> I get it. It's like a play on words. Yeah. So the media thought they were clever. Haha. <laughs> okay. Um. So she was one of the biggest icons of the 1980s when the super rich idea was like greed is good that was almost like a tagline for people leona operated the hemsley palace on madison avenue like amelia said um but was severely disliked by her employees so contractors were hardly ever paid um and if they were paid they were never paid on time and it was reported that she said to one of her employees only little people pay taxes. So basically it's the American version of let them eat cake. That's her whole <laughs> mindset. And you see that mindset carry through through everything. She just like has is the most out of touch person I've ever read about. Um, she would make her staff like she would go in the swimming pool at her hotel and make her staff like hold a platter of fresh seafood and then she'd swim laps and as she completed the lap the lap she'd like put her mouth out and like make them put like shrimp in her mouth and like say weird things like feed the fishy. Like it's just <laughs> one that's super uncomfortable. <laughs> it feels like some really fucked up role play. <laughs> <laughs> Two, that like that is just an example of the level of how demeaning she could be. Um, yeah, she's. I just, I know people like this exist, but reading about her, I was like, why are you like this? Why would you treat other people like this? I know it's. She's I don't know. So mean. She's just. She's just a cruel person. Like a lot of people in our podcast, I'm like, oh, they did bad stuff, but they didn't sound awful. But with her, I'm like, she was. Really, just terrible. She was yeah, just I have terrible no person. love for her. No. I have no... Like, a lot of... Yeah, you're right. A lot of times we're like, here's some understanding, or here's why they might have done it, but this is just, like, she's bad. She was just power-hungry, and... Yeah. Whatever. I... This is not... Like, I would never want to be around her. That's how I no. feel. I'm just like, fine. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, court documents revealed that she failed to pay sales tax on... 
in New York on hundreds of thousands of dollars of jewelry she purchased. Um, this include an exclusive store called Van Cleef and Arples. And again, like, this is not my world. I've never heard of this shit. So two senior store officials were also indicted on these charges. And what they would do to avoid sales tax was, I guess, if you mailed jewelry to people or if you mailed something to someone out of state, they didn't have to pay taxes on it. So she would buy the jewelry and then they would just like mail empty boxes to her house in Connecticut. It's or so like weird. It's like somewhere. really clever, but skeezy. Just so skeezy. <laughs> Especially and when like she's a mil- like she was like a millionaire, right? At this point. Gazillionaire. Yeah. She's like a billionaire for so sure. So she's like skimping on, I don't know. I mean, they're comparing it to like Donald Trump level, like real estate, which isn't a good like that article is written before. <laughs> Before, before our current political current climate donald trump but just to like imagine donald trump in the 90s early 2000s when he was rich when he was in home alone too yeah when everyone's like oh look at that rich guy who isn't the president isn't he rich yeah that's what these people were um so yeah the amount of jewelry she purchased this way from this one particular store uh amounted to four hundred and eighty five thousand dollars and she evaded for forty thousand dollars of sales tax. That's so I can't fathom spending that much money on like that's like more than my house. <laughs> that's more than my house is worth. Yeah, that's significantly more than my house is worth. Well, that's just the jewelry. That's not. They yeah. did this with everything. Um, there was diamond jewelry, but they also would write off their personal furniture for the business. They would write all this, um, personal furniture and personal luxuries off as business expenses. Um, they would extort free furnishings from their suppliers. So there was that whole piece of it too. Um, until there was a point where even like she would charge her lingerie and her undies and call and like write them off in the books as staff uniforms. I just so it's like I'm baffled by like this idea. She has so much stinking money, and she's still trying to like pinch pennies almost. Like this is like pennies to her, right? Yeah, but it's like the '80s. It's like that Reagan idea of I, no one should pay. Like I'm rich only again. Only the little people pay yeah. taxes, and she went through a lot of energy to not pay even the smallest amount of taxes. I. I'm baffled by that. Like, I mean, I get it. She's a terrible, terrible human, but just the amount of work that all of this was. I guess she had nothing better to do. I don't know. She conquered the real estate world and now she wanted to conquer taxes. I mean, she married into the real estate world. She was a real estate broker before him. Sure. But she married into this level of real estate. Um, She married into empire state building levels of real estate. (laughs) So... Um, this kind of unfolded. One of the disgruntled employees talked to the New York Post and they did a story and this led to a broader investigation, which unveiled like that they were evading like $4 million in taxes. So is that how all of it started? Was the employee giving an interview? Yeah. I, I didn't get if they're like interviewed or if they like tipped them off or how that played out with the newspaper, but yeah. So you're saying if she wasn't a total bitch she maybe wouldn't have gotten caught i think at the levels they were doing this she would have eventually gotten Uh, caught but i think that it wouldn't have i think it wouldn't have been if she i think if she was not a terrible person it wouldn't have been the same kind of like 
go for all of it, kind of. Gotcha. But, like, so a year um, after the story, Harry and Leona were indicted for tax evasion charges. Um, in a, I forgot to mention this. In addition to all these um, tax evasion, whatever, she was also ripping off the stockholders by writing off, like, 80-some thousand dollars a month as consulting fees <laughs> and taking it, like, as a chunk for herself. Sure. Which, again, like... I, I think it's, like, I don't have the, like, I can't imagine this world. I can't imagine why you would do that if you ha- had so much, like, I don't know. What do you need $80,000 for when you have billions? Yeah. I That's, don't I don't know. Whatever. I feel like in some ways the story is comparable to Martha Stewart. Like, the idea that, like, she tried to save, what was it, like, $2,000 by trading your stuff. But... I have so much more sympathy for Martha Stewart than I do this woman. Like, yeah, similar, similarly moguls in their own business. But like, yeah, Martha Stewart did something really stupid, um, but it seemed like it was like a one time stupid. Yeah, it felt like a one time stupid or maybe just seeing where the limits were or maybe really trusting a a broker she shouldn't have trusted. Yeah. Um, But this is just like this is petty. Yeah. This is disgusting. Yeah. This is, I don't know, whatever. Um, <laughs> I hate her so much and I picked her, but I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why I picked her. I like her name. I pick, you know what, I, I pick my names based on the names. Like, are they fun to say? So anyway, the couple faced 235 counts of state and federal indictments. Wow. Um, 235. Mm-hmm. And this is a fun little piece of history. These charges were brought against them by... Robert Abrams, um, who was the New York State Attorney General, and our friend Rudy Giuliani, oh, who was good, at the time, good. at the time he was the United States Attorney, and then later became the mayor, which we know. Yeah, so we know some of these names. Uh, <laughs> the Hemsleys were accused of draining their hotel and real estate empire to provide themselves with extravagances, um, such as a million-dollar marble dance floor above a swimming pool. <laughs> which i don't understand that uh i wonder if i read it wrong where how do you put a dance floor above a swimming pool well you do it by spending fucking a million dollars or whatever it was sure okay again no i sci-fi. believe because they could have like think about it like if there's like a pool right and then your next floor is like that crystal dance floor above the pool oh I like guess- i don't think it was like on stilts above it I was imagining it was like hovercrafting above it. Not yet. But yeah, like see through at the same time so you could see the pool. Yeah. I don't know. It's sci fi. It sounds weird for everyone involved. The whole thing is sci fi. These are sci fi amounts of money. <laughs> I don't know. They spent $45,000 on a silver clock, um, $210,000 on a mahogany card table, which, bitch, I can build you a mahogany card table <laughs> for less than $200,000. And it'll be nice, and you will like it. <laughs> You're um, undercharging. I know. That's the lesson here. And then $130,000 for a stereo system, which just shows how old they are. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah. And then, like, 500000 on jade art. I figured there'd be art, though. That makes sense to me. Like, how yeah. I envision rich people is... You better decorate if I you're gonna, like... It would make more sense to me if they evaded taxes for all of this amount of money for art. That would be more interesting. That computes in my head a lot better than, like, 
a marble dance floor, which yeah. sounds slippery. Yeah, I don't feel like marble is good for dancing. What I, do I know? I can't. I don't know how you use marble. <laughs> if you're not sculpting with it, what's the point? I know. I don't know. <laughs> so the total amount that she was convicted of evading was um, 1.2 million in taxes. In the 80s. In the 80s, yeah. So much I don't know money. how far back they went, but I'm sure. I mean, so much money. I just gave you some examples. It makes sense all that added up so fast, I think. Yeah. Um, so, you know what? Karma's real. Several of former employees testified against her in court and set this really wonderful picture of her being greedy and pompous and abrasive, which she was. Um, and, but she was, she was convicted of tax evasion, but she was acquitted of extorting kickbacks from contractors and suppliers, which she clearly did. That would have landed her life in prison. Why was she, do you know why? I have no idea. She just wasn't charged with it. I have a feeling she could have. She wasn't charged with it or she wasn't convicted? She wasn't, she was acquitted. Okay, so she was charged, but didn't get convicted. I think she could afford a good lawyer. I hope so. <laughs> Can you imagine if that's the thing you skimp on? Do you have to pay sales tax on a lawyer? <laughs> oh. Like a service tax? I don't know. So uh, on August 30th, 1989, at this point, I'm alive in this story. Um, Leona Hemsley was found guilty uh, of one count of conspiracy, three counts of tax evasion, three counts of filing false tax returns, ten counts of mail fraud. And mail fraud. What if they, I feel like mail fraud is a charge that you just add on. I think they had to make it up for mailing those empty boxes. Like, how do we do that? Oh, yeah, mail fraud. <laughs> and 16 counts of filing incorrect business tax returns. Mm. So in 1980, in the, on, by December 30th, she was sentenced to 16 years in prison, but it was reduced to four. Um, she had to do uh, seven, 750 hours of community service and was fined $7.75 million. And Can you imagine what her community service, like, that would be satisfying. What her community to service To watch her was? do community service. Oh, but you know it wasn't, like, picking up trash I know. from the I'm going to pretend that it was, like, picking up trash in Central Park, though. Okay, we can visualize Let's that. Let's pretend. Here's a good visualization. When the verdict was read, she cried. That's wah, a good visualization. Wah. I, like, don't feel bad for her. No, she is scary looking, too. You guys, like, she is, like, she looks like the type of woman who would do all of this. I don't know. I've never felt this cold about even some of our worst people. Yeah. Like, I don't even feel enraged about it. I just feel cold about it. It's cold here in Minnesota. It's in my our hearts heart. are cold. Our, She's making us cold. <laughs> we're all, we're cold today. It's cold. So, <laughs> um, when she was convicted, a federal judge, John Walker, publicly reprimanded her by saying, your conduct was the product of naked greed and the arrogant belief that you were above the law. Yeah. Well, it feels like a zinger, but I don't think she cares. No. Um, she was sent to jail in 1992, released in 1994. Um, her husband died in 1997, and then she found herself being sued again. Um, she, <laughs> um, oh, hang on. I'll get back to that and cut this all out. So Hemsley went to a low security prison in Danbury, Connecticut, where she continued to behave as queen of means. She hired inmates to make her bed every morning. One, she hired an inmate as a secretary. Oh my God. Um, oh, this answers our question. I have it here. 
I read it already. Yeah. Rather than fulfill her community service in the cold climate of New York. The suspense. She carried out her punishment in the warm air of Phoenix, Arizona, um, after persuading a judge that she couldn't be in the cold because her husband was dying. So they, like, moved to Arizona while he was dying. Oh. I guess that doesn't really tell us what happened. I'm sure she did some bullshit. Mm. I don't even know what rich people do for community. She probably, like, arranged a ball for homeless people and then, like, a half a percent of the money went to homeless people. Right, when they do, like, philanthropy. Yeah. And that's, like, their job. Yeah. I bet she did something like that. Probably. Um, so... After she got out of the jail, her legal troubles were not over. She had to deal with all these settlements with employees. So she had to pay $1.5 million to their chief financial officer because they, she fired him from prison. But the, the couple also, like, stripped their assets so that they didn't have to pay millions of dollars in back pay. Oh. So they lost that lawsuit. In 2003, there was another lawsuit um, because of a former general manager who sued Hensley for being a homophobe um, and that he was fired because he was gay. And he was awarded $11.2 million, which makes me think, like, damn, what am I doing? I need to get a discrimination suit. I'm surprised because, like, I guess a lot of places it's not illegal to fire based on sexual orientation still. Like, a lot of states still don't have that. So I'm happy. True. I'm happy he got it. Like, good. This was in New York. I know. I didn't. I don't know. When I don't New know the laws. Huh? I'm just a. I'm just a dweeb in a basement talking into a <laughs> microphone. Just two losers in the basement. Yep. Um, the judge did later reduce his reward award, but still, he good. Yeah. Everyone who worked under her should have gotten re- like a. Award for fight for emotional distress. I think so. Yeah, these notes are almost in order. <laughs> I had a hard time putting her stuff in order because like everything was happening at the same time, kind of. So, so I... she died in two thousand and seven. <laughs> oh, that's the end. <laughs> no, it's not the end. She died in two thousand and seven. She was eighty-seven years old, and she left. A legacy that you would expect. Her lawyer who helped her work on her appeal, because she, of course, appealed her sentence, was quoted as, I would say she was a challenging client. It was a difficult case, and she was a challenging client. She was very anxious to avoid prison. And then he, like, gets soft. He's like, it was difficult for her because her husband was dying, and she was about to go to prison. I was like, so... That makes her special than anyone else who's, like, imprisoned for stupid shit. Mm -hmm. I don't feel bad for you still. Yeah. Um, She became just the the poster child for unbridled arrogance um, and entitlement. That was just... That's just totally what she's known for. She... There were several, like, books written about her and pieces written about her. In one of... In a review for um, a book called Palace Coot... The reviewer wrote, she was the Lady Macbeth of the lodging industry. <laughs> I think, Damn. Yeah, that kind of sounds good. Up. I like that. Yeah. And she just kind of embodied the whole, like, Reagan attitude of it's okay to chew out the little guy. And I think her quotes... Um, Show that. Illustrate yeah, that. Definitely. Um, she did... She was a little bit self-aware of her reputation, and she tried to get a, like... Did she try to pay for better PR? Yeah, definitely. In her, like, later years, she contributed lots of money to places, um, hospitals, 
uh, helped to rebuild African-American churches that had been built down and burned down in the South. But again, like this doesn't make you a good person. It's cool. It's like too little too late. She donated lots of money to really good things. Good. But that, but she had a lot. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it. Like you did what you were supposed to do as a rich person anyway. What kills me about stuff like that is people like sometimes people are like, I donated $500,000 and you're like, that's like 0.00% of your income. You know what I mean? It's the idea Mm -hmm. of like, yeah, they donated a lot of money, but it means nothing to them as opposed to like, you know, the poor people, like poor people who donate $20, but that's it's all for show. Mm -hmm. And to prove it's all for show when she died. She left her entire fortune, almost her entire fortune, maybe not her entire fortune now that I look at the number. She left, when she died, she left $12 million to her dog. <laughs> she cut out her grandchildren. Dang. And most of her family, except her brother, and left all of her money to her dog. What kind um, of dog was it? It was, I wrote it down, I read it, but I didn't write it down. Mm. It was a cute dog. Okay. I was just wondering if it was one of those dogs you put in your purse, like a purse dog. Oh, I don't know. The dog's name is Trouble. (laughs) I love that. I think that's cute. I Uh, like the idea of donating $12 million to Trouble. I hope that's what it said. Yeah. It was weird to read because I was reading an article and it was like, left all her money to Trouble. And I was like, what? (laughs) What is this? And then I was like, oh, that's the dog's name by the third time I read the article. (laughs) okay i get it so she left some money for her brother to take care of the dog but he wouldn't do it so the dog went to live at one of their properties in florida the dog lived a better life than anyone could probably hope to live for themselves (laughs) when he was transported he was flown by private jet to florida um and when the dog died it was laid beside her in the twelve thousand square foot family mausoleum (laughs) in Westchester County, New York. Wait, did she cut out her son? Yeah, like, she only left for, like, her brother. Oh my god. But, like, this dog, this is good, this dog got 20 to 30 death threats and kidnapping threats, so they had to hire full-time security staff for the dog. I hope it had a stunt double. Oh, that would be so cute. That would be so cute. This dog left a really good life. I'm, like, not hating the dog. That's not the dog's fault. Yeah. This kind of shows... She's dead, but she's still left $3 million to have, like, the mausoleum steam cleaned once a year. Steam cleaned? She doesn't like dirt. That was the reasoning she doesn't like dirt. The good news is the dog had a really good life. That's good. That is the main takeaway here. And... The whole, like, shrimp in the pool thing's weird to me. That's, like, the fishy-fishy thing. I'm not into that. That's such a good example of her, though. Like, I really appreciate that tidbit. I feel like that was the antidote to really tie it together, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. I concur. She's awful. Yeah. In some, (laughs) she was the queen of mean, and she earned it. Well, that is Leona Helmsley. Don't forget to rate us and review us on the internet and share us with your friends. Woo! Thank you. Bye. Bye. On Redbubble, they're mm-hmm. asking you that? They think that Tonks is... They think that Tonks is sketchy. Porn? Yeah. Are we recording? Yep. Why is it scary in red? Isn't it normally blue? No, it's always red when we record. Oh, I thought it was blue. It's blue when we turn it off. Oh. Snow stupid. That I think that's a thing. Like it's like brain numb.
from the numbing cold and from the unbelievable amount of snow we've and gotten. And like a mixture of like snow blindness too. Like I just like, it's not working. This is the it's thing- like having a cold, you know, like when you're foggy from a cold, I'm like snow foggy. It's Minnesota. Yeah. End of winter. <laughs> yeah, January, February, and March in Minnesota. We Minnesota. When it's like Christmas, we love snow. Yeah. When and then we don't have it. Like February, March, April. Fuck it. It's not even that we don't like it. It's that we've reached a point of like emotional abuse with it <laughs> that we just have no confidence or love for ourselves anymore. Yeah. I concur with that. Well, edit that out. It sounds so good. All right. Helmsley, right? Helmsley. All right. Heady. Do you say Hetty or Heady? Heady. I should know this because I like love her. I haven't she's watched not... Game of Thrones ever. Yeah, but she's in more than that. She's in a very yeah. wonderful lesbian film. She is in the new. Whoa. Whoa, buddy. She's in the new um, Judge Dredd, and I really like her in that. Oh. Well, it sounds like I have some more research to do. Yeah. That's my that's the end of my knowledge about her though. Roger the babies. <laughs>